St. Paul charges both Pastor Timothy and us with these instructions. Preach the word. Be ready whether it is convenient or not. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with all patience and teaching. Amen. Dear Christian friends, this week I was getting my yard ready for today's Christian friends, those who are 50 and over, to come over to our house this afternoon. So part of getting ready was cutting down brush and then burning it in what my wife lovingly calls my redneck burn barrel. And as I was burning that brush, I got a little too close to one hot stick and I have a nasty burn on my arm. And when I showed it to my daughter, Belle, she said... Dad, that's going to leave a scar. But I assured her, I said, go talk to your mom. Chicks dig scars. Now, the, the burn on my arm and that, that extreme heat from that redneck burn barrel reminded me of the story of Polycarp. Polycarp was the bishop of Smyrna who was 86 years old. In AD 152, Bishop Polycarp was arrested by city officials for refusing to bow down and to Caesar and then to say, Caesar is Lord. The officials liked Polycarp and they thought and reasoned it was simple. All he had to do was to say, Kaiser Curious, Caesar is Lord, and they move on. But early church writings say that Polycarp proclaimed, For 86 years I have been Christ's slave, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? And so Polycarp bravely went to his death in the Roman Colosseum, that while he was a slave of Christ, he was more free than all the Roman citizens who watched him being burned alive at the stake. You see, during times of persecution, Polycarp and other early Christians took seriously Jesus' words. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt famously said in his first inaugural speech in March of 1933, So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Namely, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. FDR was speaking the truth. Fear is one of the greatest tools in the devil's tool belt. Fear brings about instability, unhappiness, a lack of contentment. It saps spiritual vitality. It paralyzes the soul. Fear is the great enemy of faith. And as Jesus is sending his disciples out into the mission field, he addresses several of the fears. The fear of persecution, the fear of death, the fear of poverty. He teaches, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground without the knowledge and consent of your father. And even the hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Jesus knows that we are tempted by fear than to pray timidly when others are around us. That we are tempted to silence our speech when we are out in the public square. 
He knows that we, that we worry way too much about what others say and what others think about us. And we are not concerned enough about what God says and what God thinks about us. We're so afraid. We are afraid of rejection, afraid of failure, afraid of being called names, afraid of being made fun of, afraid of offending someone. And so that fear freezes us into inaction, into silence, into feeling all alone. Fear is one of the strongest of human emotions. But fear comes from a lack of faith. Fear comes from a lack of trust. Fear comes from not trusting that God is in control and that he has a divine plan for our lives. Fear comes from not being able to see that our God is walking with us every step of the way, protecting us from the fouler snare, as we sang about in Psalm 91. Fear comes when we do not see that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd who is walking with us every step of the way through the dark valley of the shadow of death. Three times in his instructions to his disciples, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to speak his word. Do not be afraid to live his word among those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Do not be afraid, even though it may not be able and easy to always see that God is right there with you. But he promises that God has not forgotten you, just like he has not forgotten a little sparrow that falls to the ground. God knows those little sparrows. God knows even how many hairs you have in your head. And let's be honest, some of you make it easier on God than others. And yet, if God knows and cares about what we might consider those little things, like sparrows and hairs, then he really knows about and cares about the really big things, about you, the crown of his creation, whom he sent the king of creation, to bleed and suffer and die and rise for. Do not be afraid. In the Greek, really has the force of stop being afraid. Stop being afraid now and always. Jesus says, stop being afraid. And yet, and yet the forces that we are facing are terrifying. We are going up against Beelzebul. And the members of his household, Beelzebul is another name for Satan, the ruler of demons. He's given other pictures in scripture. Satan is pictured as a roaring lion, as a, an ancient serpent, and as a huge red seven-headed dragon. The devil and his demonic forces desire to terrify us into submission and into surrender. They want us to look at all of the evil that they have been fostering in our world and to surrender. They want us to see all of the wickedness that they have cultivated into our culture and give up. Now, we may not fear being burned at the stake or being thrown to the lions in the Colosseum or being beheaded like the early Christians or Christians around the world today. We may not fear being thrown to the lions like Daniel or thrown into the fiery furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego or thrown into the stocks or thrown into a deep well like the prophet Jeremiah. But persecution abounds whenever we are faithful to God's word. We can lose relationships because of our biblical belief that honors the sanctity of marriage. 
We can lose promotions because of our insistence on worship priorities. We can lose friendships because we don't join in their sinful behavior. And then we're called all kinds of names. We're called old-fashioned because we believe in the assistance that marriage is between a man and a woman and that marriage is to last a lifetime. We are ridiculed as backward for our persistence that the Bible is the rule and norm for our life and actions. We are criticized as unenlightened for our insistence that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Whether it is in the college classroom or the business boardroom or the high school hallways or the network news, we know that we are going to face criticism, corruption, coercion. We are going to face ridicule and resistance and rejection. And Jesus predicts that our love for our Heavenly Father and our brotherly Savior will even cause conflicts in our own families with our earthly brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers. He says, brother will hand over his brother to death and a father will do the same with his child. Children will rise up against their parents and have them put to death. He's saying that Satan is going to use these emotional, familial attachments to silence our confession. He wants to slow the spread of the gospel as we cower in fear. And our sinful nature doesn't want ridicule. It craves acceptance. And we mistakenly imagine that we are surrounded by cute kittens and darling dogs, when in reality we are surrounded by ravenous wolves, a huge red dragon, and then two beasts out of the earth and the sea that work for that dragon. So we cower, we give up, we give in. Instead of standing up, standing up for Jesus, we sit down and shut up. We shut our mouths, we keep our money in our wallets and our purses. Instead of using them to do mission work in our church and church body, we focus on ourselves instead of on God's kingdom work. But really, Who could blame us if we renounce our faith, if we give up our confirmation vows, if we ignore our commitments and take the easy way out? Really, who could blame us? Well, God could blame us. And Jesus says God does blame us. Whoever denies me before others, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. So fellow saints, Don't be fooled into faint-heartedness. Don't be coerced into cowardice. Don't be intimidated into isolation. Do not be afraid because you are a student and a servant of Jesus Christ who is your teacher and your master. Jesus has given you everything you need to stand up against the opposition of Beelzebul and and the members of his household. He has given you his divine strength to sustain you. He has given you his divine promises to support you. He has given you his divine word, which will not return to him empty. Jesus instructs, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Fellow saints, persecution is coming. It's coming here in America. But we don't, have to, we don't have to feel like ill-fated red shirts on a Star Trek episode. 
don't be afraid of persecution. Welcome it. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to say in front of kings and councils and emperors. He promises that the gospel will be preached in all nations before he comes. So if the government or the culture or big tech threatens to shut down one avenue of sharing the gospel, Jesus Christ promises to open up another avenue of sharing the gospel. Jesus promises that his gospel cannot stop being preached. Stop being afraid of the ancient serpent. Jesus Christ has already stepped down and stomped and crushed that ancient serpent's head under his bloody heel. Don't be afraid of the roaring lion because Jesus Christ has already shut that lion's mouth with his redemptive victory on the cross. Stop being afraid of Satan whose very name means accuser because Christ has silenced Satan's accusations with his blood-bought release for his followers. Stop being afraid of that huge red seven-headed dragon because Christ has already chained up that dragon in the pit of hell. Rather, Jesus says, fear the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Only fear God, who is the judge of all creation. Fear what he will do to you for eternity in hell. But... But if you believe in God's Son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, then you have no reason to even fear God, the judge of all either. Throughout history, we see that Christians are persecuted. But during that time of persecution, you know what happens? The Christian church grows. The Christians stop cowering. cowering. They proudly stand up against persecution. And then... The pagans, they notice their Christian neighbors standing up and being willing to die for their faith. And so they check out that faith. What could these Christians know and believe so strongly they're willing to die for it? And then the Holy Spirit uses that bold confession of faith to convert those pagans into saints. And the church grows through persecution. But isn't it funny, in an ironic kind of way that these tyrannical forces throughout history never seem to understand this that the more they harass the christian church the more the christian church is caused to grow and so as we see persecution coming upon us as a christian church in america we pray for this persecution we pray that this persecution comes to wake us up to move us, to grow us, and revive the dying Christian church in America. Because this needs to be the confession of faith of you in the sanctuary, you online, for all of Christians to be able to say, you can take my home, my family, my, my, my stuff, my health, my freedom, but you cannot take my faith. And when, when When you know that, when you believe that, when you share that with others who are persecuting you, nothing can harm you. Then, like the Apostle Paul, you are able to say, whether I live, Christ is with me. Whether I die, Christ is with me. If Whether I live or die, I am with the Lord. So either way, you're with the Lord. Now, I don't know if chicks really dig scars or not. Maybe I just made that up. But I do know for a fact 
that Jesus Christ digs scars. He digs the scars of those who are scarred for boldly standing up for their faith. And he especially digs the bold confessions of faith despite persecution. For he says, Everyone who confesses me before others, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. So, in the face of oncoming persecution, we need to know what's the worst that can happen to us. Imprisonment, Jesus is there. Suffering, Jesus is with you. Suffering, we pray like the apostles that we are counted worthy to suffer in Christ's name. Hatred, all we need is the love of God. The loss of property, we have our treasures stored up for us in heaven. Death, we die in Christ so that we can live with Christ eternally. So what a comfort it is when Jesus promises, you will be hated by all people because of my name, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. Amen. Please rise. Fellow saints, may St. Paul's confession of faith be your own. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness. Amen.